Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Dancers First Podcast. It's Riley. And Dawson. <laughs> and we're just going to have a little bit of a conversation. We're going to take a step back, reflect on our competition dance years, because we know a lot of y'all have that past history as well as we do. Focus on the good, the bad. Maybe laugh about it. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> any any intro you want to give us? Um, No, I'm ready just to dive into the comp world we all know it and we all love it we all hated it but now that we're out of it i feel like we're all like wow i like miss the shit out of it like i'm over here like god i wish i could compete again like that was so much fun (laughs) but sometimes i don't feel like that so we're gonna get into it yeah yeah and also to be fair i think it was like a few episodes ago when we talked about the things we wish we knew before college dance and some people if they listen are gonna think we were shitting on comp dance we're not going to Mm-mm. it's just we're having a real talk about it yeah so should we start on a good note yeah okay if i look if i'm not looking here i have everything written down <laughs> she's got notes <laughs> i got notes okay we'll reflect on the good things about competition mm-hmm. dance first things first i freaking love performing it's oh literally a reason to perform every single weekend. It was that great. I miss. Mm-hmm. I guess the positive things are the things I miss about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. when you went to college, we were not performing as much as we used to. So I will no. say, if you were a performer, you love it. That I miss. Yeah. I miss, Yeah, I definitely miss I, that a lot. I can't really, like, explain that any further. Like, I was probably doing two or three a week like a month oh my gosh i'm weak no yeah i was two or three a month (laughs) no two or three a month like i was doing like one a month which was to me like seemed like a a lot but i mean i guess that's like pretty typical like some most studios do like one a month i mean we started our competition season in january like at the end of january january we would have our showcase and then like our first competition would be like the second or third weekend of february so we would do like february march april and maybe like one in the beginning of may and then nationals in the end of june so we would do four we only did like four competitions but like i wish that i did more now now i'm like i I, wish i did every weekend i feel like for like february march i remember it being i swear we had some months where we had two in a row it would be like the first week of february break and then the last two weekends we were probably in Atlanta for both things or it'd be like a convention. And then next weekend was just a regular standard comp. So it wasn't as like, you could just bring solos or do with trails, but still it was the optional ones that weren't optional. <laughs> I don't know if you came from a studio like that, but optional was not optional. Optional meant it's more mandatory yeah. than mandatory. So I feel like that's how the third competition ended up getting cycled in. Got it. Got yeah. it. Yep. The optional, not optional. No, optional's yeah. not optional. Yeah. It's never optional. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, hello? But going off on that, another good thing, I feel like I've never been more disciplined. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, at such a young age, too. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you are spending, like, your weekends in rehearsal. You're spending, like, you go from school yeah. On a Friday, like you have a competition weekend, you go from school. Like for me, I would get out of school early because I had to get ready and like go home mm-hmm. and get ready for my solo. But that was like when I got older because the the senior solos or teen solos were like on Friday nights. Senior solo, solos were on 
Sunday night, of course. But um, yep. like when I was in like freshman, sophomore year of high school, like my solo would be on Friday. So like I would get out of school early, get ready, and then go compete and then wake up early, early, early the next morning, makeup on, compete yep. all day, do the same thing again on Sunday. Like it was super disciplined and like it really crazy. taught you like how to like really carry yourself in like a professional way because like you had to. I mean, there given there were some people, I guess they just never really like learned that skill. But like when you were at awards, like you couldn't just be like laying down on the stage, like eating a snack, drinking your soda. Like you were sat up. You were clapping for every single person, even though you didn't know them. Well, I mean, by the time I was a senior, like I was in the wings, like slumping down. I was about like, to I say the no way idea. that we have two completely different experiences. Oh no, I was, I was. Well, because when I my second studio was like very, very keen on no phones on stage during awards, so everyone that. was kind of just like, oh god, like we can't like do anything, and like she didn't want us like sitting in the wings like we had to like sit in like a very specific spot of the stage where she could like see us so that she could see that we weren't on our phones <laughs> and we had to wear like our team jacket so it, like really like taught okay, you like how to be wear. part of a team you know yes super important i had to like carry <laughs> and support each other i love that respect and structure because that was not me we had like well, right. you had to wear something with a studio mm-hmm. but, like awards came at 10 p.m we were fucking around in the wings <laughs> we were that studio that was annoying but then as soon as we heard our name we're like yeah right, right. To- like, ah! so like, run out from the wings and we went back to like okay can we go you know right you're just like, so okay so reward yeah oh my gosh but literally the fact that like competition dance makes five or seven year olds disciplined about i'm gonna go to school i'm gonna get my homework done i'm gonna go to dance class i'm gonna shower i'm gonna eat dinner i'm gonna go to bed yeah and just like think about like confident enough to to do a solo on stage like by yourself and remembering choreography like it teaches you like how to be like super disciplined in in something that you really enjoy that you practice it all the time so that you get that like memory in your head so that way it's just become like muscle memory like the song comes on you just do the solo and then you go on stage and you perform the crap out of it like there's like seven-year-olds that are outperforming like 17 year olds right and it's like it's crazy it's like teaching like the confidence like that's like a good thing i mean obviously there's the other side of it oh yeah and we'll dive deep into that because that's a lot to unpack that's heavy right but but it does teach you like confidence and like how to like own who you are and just be like be like a different persona like whatever your solo theme is like you're out there being this sassy person and then you like Mm -hmm. get off the stage and you're like you like that's like my favorite part is like when you have like a little girl that like walks on stage she has this huge personality she does the solo it's so fierce and then she walks off stage and i'm like oh my god that was so good and she's like i'm like oh you're precious i love you she's humble she's humble and she's shy she's like i'm i'm a shy like her mom's like i'm shy and i'm like she's shy not on that stage you weren't no it's so i feel like it teaches you like how to like be a character when you like don't feel I guess like comfortable in your own skin like you can kind of just like be whoever you want to be yeah you're a totally different person it's the it's a Sasha Fierce it's the alter ego in a good way so good but also the fact that like a little kid can remember all of that and then the kinesthetic learning and how you can just like apply that to every section of your life it's kind of crazy I mean that goes for any young athlete but 
I think dance, like you take it all into another realm because it's like the physicality, but then also the artist side. Yeah. And just remembering all the different like things that go into just performing like a saute or like a, a, set a straddle jump. Like it's not just like, okay, you're jumping off the air. It's like, okay, you're jumping off the ground. You have to make sure that you're playing correctly. Oh, how are you running into it? Are you running toe ball heel or are you running with your heels first? Oh, are you straightening your legs? Are your feet pointed all the way through? Are your arms where they need to be? Is your like back in line with like your tailbone? Like while you're in your straddle leap, like it's like so many different things like happening all yeah. at once and being able to like apply that like in a second is just, it's so crazy now that I'm like thinking about it. Like how yeah. you have like so many things working in your body all at one time and you're able to just like do it. It's crazy. And I also like this thoughts coming up to me right now is because I know there's some people that are still dancers now. They didn't compete growing up, but they still had that extensive training as like young dancers and started when they were five and just danced. They just didn't go to competitions. So I think taking it onto the like competition side additionally is that it's almost like you have a deadline that, okay, this performance is coming up. You know, you have to be ready. It's lights, you know, a fire under your ass. You're like, I got to go. I have to be ready for this. Everything's going to be on point. Once again, the unhealthy perfectionism kind of kicks in. But on the positive side of that, it literally builds your work ethic like no other. Yes. And once again, starting that as a, at a young age and being able to hang on to that, once again, without burning out, I think it's kind of crazy. So as although we tend to like to shit on competition dance – there are a lot of positives in it. And also just being able to, I mean, travel and then say that, oh, I did this performance. And it is nice, especially when you're young, to get that tangible reward and say, oh, like my hard work paid off, you know, especially yeah. when you're growing up, like kids need that validation, whether you think it or not. Say like, oh, I'm doing something good. And then they keep going. Right. They keep they keep doing it, which is like really important is having something at a young age that you are passionate about and mm -hmm. being able to like continue doing it is always so good. Yeah, and I'll forever be grateful for that experience yes. because it literally, like I said, made me want to keep pursuing dance as a profession. I don't think if I had competition dance, as much as I regret and don't like some aspects of it, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have that extensive training because it literally taught me to be so disciplined in my art, in what I do, made me want to keep going to the next step and keep pushing to be like, okay, I'm going to get this jumper. My goal is to, you know, to get the extra section in the hip hop line, like to keep building up and moving forward. So I think having that growth mindset also gets instilled in you at an early age. Right. Which like I mean, you just want to keep getting better and better. Yeah. Like think about what some, like I said, some competitive dancers are in middle school, elementary school. They have more discipline and passion than like a 20 something, you know? Yeah. So the fact that you have that and you build that at a young age, it's kind of crazy cool. Mm-hmm. Like I vividly remember my first year dancing. So I started dancing when I was nine. So I was like super late. Um, but I was very naturally talented which was made it a lot easier to mm -hmm. like I got like thrown into like the company team like after doing just like a summer camp of like summer dance camp which was like super awesome and I'm very grateful that that happened and I just remember like we were at nationals and it was my first year 
dancing and competing all in one. And I was watching girls do turns in second like at nationals. And I was in my hotel room and I was like, I really want to do that. I fully set up like a whole – I taught myself how to do turns in second my very first year dancing in the hotel room at nationals. <laughs> Like 100%. And then the next year I was I was doing it in like all of my dances. I was like, nine-year-old Dawson just taught herself how to do turns in second and they were like actually really good. Like, okay, pop off. Uh, that. I know. And like it's so great. much curiosity. And then yeah. you're like, well, and, exactly. Right. And like now I'm like teaching – uh, like junior junior company and assisting like junior company and senior company and like the girls will like come in and they'll they have like seen something like a trick or a skill on like TikTok that like someone mm-hmm. did and they had like fully taught it to themselves like they just kept working and working and working on it like on their own and they come in they like do it and I'm like oh my god like pop off like it's just it's so good to like see someone like so passionate about something works so hard to get something and like being able to like teach yourself a skill or a move just from like a video that you saw and being able to like break it down to like the very beginnings and like how to like safely get into it like what's the basis of it okay so it's just a jump so let's work on like the basic jump now let's work on turning the jump now let's work on like extending the leg in the jump so it's like Mm -hmm. doing all the steps to getting it like what you would normally do from like a teacher but like they're doing it themselves and like that is just it's so great to see and watch and I just I remember doing that and it it's crazy to see like people under the age of 18 doing that because it's like not a very common thing that you see a lot of the times. No, and especially having that eagerness to learn and then to take that into today's day and age as well. It's just kind of it's cool when you think about the whole concept of it. Mm-hmm. Is that these kids are literally doing the anatomically impossible. And then Mm -hmm. the way they're taking it today, too, like these little kids are doing flips and tricks and turns and going upside down and things that, Mm -hmm. I mean, when we were, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, we're not doing. No. No. I was trying to get a basic calypso down, and now I see nine-year-olds trying to do a 540. Right. I'm like, (laughs) whoa, we're advancing so so quickly over here like how am I supposed to judge you like you're in the intermediate category baby like what's going on like you're doing shit I can't do I'm like right. I want to learn from you I know I'm like I'm over here judging you I feel like you should be judging me right now okay yes. oh my gosh no but there are lots of positives and I will say I mean I don't think you have to start at a certain age I feel like there's this con like this whole idea that oh you didn't start answering when you were three like shit that's embarrassing no like you start yeah. when you're nine plenty yeah. of people start when they're 14 15 and they can still yeah. have careers in dance so I don't think it's to say that oh you know the earlier the start the earlier you start dancing the better of a career career you will have because you'll see that many kids that did start when they were two are now completely burnt out and don't exactly have anything to do with dance anymore yeah so that's not to say that oh because you started earlier you're more likely to pursue it professionally. I will say, though, I'm grateful that I did do it because I don't think I would technically be where I am today had I not spent my whole life. Right. You know, for some people, pushing that's, that. that's the case for them. Yeah. Exactly. So having yeah. that, I feel like, allowed me to keep building up, though, taking it kind of to the cons. I look back and I'm almost sad at the fact that my entire life was just devoted to one thing. Yeah. Like I knew nothing. That is the sad part about it. But dance. Yeah. And I think we like, it's kind of touched on in our very first episode is 
you know, dance and identity and how literally dance is the only thing I identified with. I found my identity in being a competition dancer, in getting that double crystal platinum star first place trophy because it was, oh, I'm doing something right. Like seeking that external validation, having Mm -hmm. to live for a non-tangible, like living for dance. Right. And I think it it gets taken too far. Yes. And this is where, yeah, yeah, like I don't want to be putting competition dance at fault or to blame, but then having conversations with friends, you know, that didn't compete, but still just trained in a conservatory style growing up. There's a lot of things that we experienced that I think non-competitive dancers didn't. Right. Because when you're growing up in that, it's essentially just a breeding ground for comparison and starting that at a young age isn't necessarily the healthiest at times. Yeah. It's it's hard because your your brain is developing like like there's so many different things happening within your body just as a normal human being. Mm-hmm. And then you add like standing in a room, there's nothing in the room except for bar- bars on the back of the wall and a mirror in front of you and you're just looking at every single aspect of your body and at a young age like you don't think anything of it but as you start getting older and you're in that middle school phase you're in the high school phase like all you're looking at is yeah all you're looking at is your body and constantly degrading it like it's and it you know then you have teachers making comments about different things you've got like you're getting measured for costumes and People are trying to make the costume work for everyone, but, like, for some girls, like, it doesn't work for their bodies, but, like, they're being squeezed into it, and it's, like, just Mm -hmm. not a cute look. Like, I'm sorry that, like, seven out of your ten girls look great in the bra top and um, brief, but there's three girls that don't really feel comfortable in it, but they're on stage dancing. Their boobs are falling out. Their butt's hanging out because they're just – they have naturally large boobs and a naturally large butt. And I'm just like, those three girls are probably like, God, like I really hate wearing this costume. Like mm-hmm. ma, I'm about to flash every single person in this auditorium right now. <laughs> but like we're yeah. wearing it because that's what the teacher wants. And it, it's never like, you know, how can we accommodate every single person so that every single person feels comfortable in – not only the dance, the costume, you know, the style of it. It's just – I mean, obviously, you can't accommodate to every single person. But then it's just, like, again, like a breeding ground for bad body image and kind of, like, going down that, like, bad path of, like, comparing your body, body dysmorphia, and then not even just comparing your body, but now you're comparing, like, talent and, like, oh, she's better than me. Oh, I'm better than her having, like, ego problems, not being able to be humble. Like you're constantly getting first place overall at competitions and winning Miss Starquest and all of that. But then like your best friend like doesn't win anything, only gets like a platinum, doesn't really place anything. Like your best friend probably is like feeling – I mean that was me. I was the best friend. That wasn't I was the really best friend placing. Too. I was the yeah, best I was, friend. I was never placing. I think I, I placed one time. It was my senior year and I was eternally grateful for that. And I also did win first place overall – one time with my solo, but I was also in the intermediate category. So 
we digress from that. Um, <laughs> you know, I probably shouldn't have been in the intermediate category, but like I was because it was my first solo. So like it's fine. Um, so funny. But yeah, I never like placed. I never won first place overall. Um, and even at like conventions, I didn't really get like called out for like the scholarships or anything. But like I had friends who did. And so like I always had and even in college, I still had that up until I graduated that like I'm I'm just I'm good, but I'm not good enough to get like noticed or to get those special things. And that was me all throughout college, too, because I didn't get like cast in any special pieces or anything. But then I was like one of the first people to book a contract. It just goes to show that. So yeah. <laughs> That was like a turning point for me that I was like, oh, wait, I actually am good enough to do this. I've just been diminished my entire right. life. It started with this mindset. And yeah. so you move forward through every other chapter of your life and it's just what you're used to. And it goes back – you were just saying like whether you're consciously thinking of it or not, it starts with, well, how does your body look compared to hers? And even just think of something simple. I'm going to like do an arabesque line. Okay, everyone do it and make sure you look like Macy that's up in the front. Just like example. So it's you're looking at her body. How does my body look different than hers? Oh, she's pulling in. Why does she have this curve? I don't. I right. if she doesn't. And then it starts to become something more and more and more. And then even the fact that you brought in the conventions, I didn't even think about this, but the I'm gonna push and I need to take class so I get noticed. I need to take class so I can win something. You're still not even in a competition, but you're taking classes and con like consciously or unconsciously still competing. So oh, when yeah. was like, – at what point did you actually take a class for yourself, for yeah, yourself to get I, better I as a dancer? I Yeah. I don't think I ever took a class for myself like as a dancer. Like even – I've like been constantly seeking this external validation that when are you yeah. actually fulfilled or proud of what you did unless Hon you're uh, handed honestly, something on paper? Now that you like bring up that like comment, I'm thinking about every single time that I've ever taken convention class or just like taken a class that a guest artist has come and, and taught or like I've gone to a class. Um, like even post cruise ship, I went to mm -hmm. a class at um XL Studios in Atlanta. Yeah. And the entire time in my head, all I wanted to do was get called out to to like I wanted to do the dance the best because I wanted the teacher to notice me and call me out. Like that's like even now, like that's like I'm no. not taking class like because I want to take class and I enjoy it. Like I'm doing it because I want to get called out by the teacher and I want to get it on video. <laughs> I was just about to say that for us, at least for me growing up competition, we really didn't videotape anything until no. maybe my senior year. And yeah. so now one thing I notice when I'm teaching is those competition dancers. It's I want to get called out so I can get a video, so I can put that video on social media. And it's almost mm -hmm. a competition to see who can post the most, okay? Who can get the best dance video? Who can get called out and get that extra solo video to post on Instagram, to post on TikTok? Yeah. And you it's almost never like- You never used to see videos on Instagram from classes. No. The only time you would ever see videos of someone dancing was their competition solo. Or, or their, their comp improv. Right, or their improv. But like it was never like someone's class that you took and you videotaped it because that was just never a thing where it was like, okay, we're going to spend the last 30 minutes of the class dedicated just for videotaping when it's like an hour-long class. You're like, okay, oh, wait, I'm so sorry. So we just walked in here and you just threw a combo at us and we're going to spend the last 30 minutes videotaping 
And I'm mostly going to spend that on the side because what am I going to spend my time in every single video? Like I'm going to die. But like I didn't even get like a class. All I got was like someone teaching me a combo. Yeah. Yeah. A lot to take in on that one. The one thing I'll add is that, I mean, this is kind of going away from competition dance, but like there's a time and a place for a video. Let's use it yes. for film. You know, athletes use film. They film their games. They film, you know, practice to see, oh, okay, you did that wrong. We do the same thing. That's why they film at competitions. So you can go back and, okay, that part we need to fix. This part needs right. to get cleaned up. When you do this jump, make sure you're, you know, talking your toes on or what, what have you. That I don't even know what that example was, but we have film for a reason. But once again, when you're constantly filming, it's just another way for us to constantly be fixating on what our body looks like and then, okay, for us, we were constantly seeking external validation at these competitions, these conventions. How can I get noticed? How can I get a scholarship? Now, today's competition dancers are not only doing that, but trying to seek the external validation from their posts on social media. Mm -hmm. At one point, are you just going to dance because you want to dance? And you don't care if you get recognized. You don't care if you get noticed, but you leave the class or you leave the weekend feeling happy, feeling proud, feeling like, oh, I did my best. That's like not prioritized anymore. No. And I'm I like walk back to these competition studios and I'm almost scared for what these kids are going to experience a few years from now. Because I remember being, you know, junior senior in high school and the issues kind of started to hit a little bit. The body image, the stress around food, the constant comparison, body dysmorphia, what have you. And I'm like, okay, if it was I mean, I hate saying, oh, I didn't have it that bad because I know there's always such like scenarios that could be worse, but that's what everyone says. Mm -hmm. And I just look at what the kids are going through now being on the other side of it. And yes, I love all that competition dance did for me, but there's so much going on behind closed doors and mentally from the dancer side that I worry for what's going to happen with the next generation. Yes. And that's where we come in. <laughs> We're here. Let's turn things around a little bit. Right. No, that's that's a really good point that you bring up for sure. It just I am interested to see. What's going to be that. the long-term effect with how much video and social media is now getting put in with competition dance as well? Yeah. It scares me a little bit. And yeah. I – one thing kind of being on the other side of it now – because we kind of talked about earlier, starting to work for a competition convention. I want to be in that industry to kind of help turn things around and also mm -hmm. see it from the other point of view now and be on the other side, knowing that like, okay, I can help control making sure that this environment stays positive. It stays healthy. It stays safe for the dancers. But looking on the other side, how much anxiety and depression and mental health shit is going on that me I can see right through but no studio director no teacher no parent is even necessarily aware or talking about yeah like the yeah. number I Go yes, on, like go on. I, I, no, like I, I remember like now that I'm out of competition, I'm like, oh, I miss it so much. Like I wish I was back in it mm -hmm. or not back in it, but just like, it's not necessarily the competition. It's just like performing on stage. Like I just loved the constant performing on the stage, mm -hmm. the solo working to get better and better, better at it. The fun weekends. Um, right. It was a fun weekend. Like it was, just, it was, a good, it was a really good time. Um, but looking back at it now, 
like I I vividly remember there were like weekends where I was like, I don't want to be here. Like I don't want to be competing this weekend. There's like things happening with like my friends from school that they're doing and I'm just like feel like I'm missing out and I would just like rather be doing that than like competing. And usually like when that would happen, like my solo, like I would still do my best, but like it just – it didn't like hit the way that like it should have or like I fumbled on some turns and like I didn't like perform my best. Like I just was very blocked. And I mean at that point I didn't like realize how badly I was struggling like with all of my issues but also like with mm-hmm. anxiety as well. So I feel like a lot of that like played into it. But um, but like yeah, like now that you like say that like I remember like there were weekends where I was like I don't, I don't really want to compete this weekend. Like I'm just not – I'm not into it. I'm not mm-hmm. into what I don't want to do it. I don't want to perform. Like I'm just not feeling myself. And so. it's just why I, I'm be really curious to see how other athletes and other sports would interpret this or what their point of view or what the equivalent is, because I see so many dancers in this weekend, especially little kids on the side, bawling their eyes out. I don't want to yes. do it. Getting shoved into a costume. I don't want to do it having panic attacks in the bathroom, which you don't know are panic attacks. You just think they're having, you know, a breakdown, but vigorously shaking. Like, I just don't want to do it. Or they get off stage and they're bawling, crying, yet they keep getting pushed into the cycle. You're going to go compete. You're going to go compete. And it's just at what point can we just let kids be kids? Or, you know, if you're not mentally there, step away. It's not the end of the world. But dare you step away because then the studio owner is going to blow up or you're going to get shit on because oh we lost a spot now we have to restage you're at competition dance you're a kid it's not yeah. that serious no and at the end of the day i would rather have to reblock a dance than know having a dancer in my piece is giving them physical anxiety yeah it's never that serious but it's yeah. treated like such yes or like when you know, a dancer like messes up on stage. It's not that big of a deal. And like, no one really notices, but like you, like internally, the person dancing knows that they like messed up or they Mm -hmm. didn't perform this. They come off the stage bawling their eyes out. Like, like, I want to know, like, why, like, why, like, what are the reason, like, what's the reason why that dancer is crying? Like, is it because they failed themselves or they're scared that their teacher is going to be upset at them because they didn't do their very best or they messed up their, their, uh, quadruple turn into an, uh, Shene Axel aerial side aerial when they're five years Mm -hmm. old, they messed that up. Like, I'm so sorry. You're five years old. Like the fact that you can even do four turns, like I'm already giving you a platinum for that. So, okay. Mm -hmm. But like, just thinking like walk, like walking off the stage, in tears crying because they forgot part of their dance and some of that like when you forget like it's just like external embarrassment like you're like I'm embarrassed so I start crying but when they like they fully covered it up like they didn't like stop in their tracks and Mm -hmm. they just like missed a step or something and they like covered it up the the like emotional Mm -hmm. distress that they're going through like is it because like they're upset with themselves or and or because they're scared that their teacher is going to be mad. And that is like, I know I've been in that situation before being like, oh, yeah. oh my God, like she's going to be so mad that I like messed up that part of the dance. Like, oh my God. But like, is it that deep? Like we're over here like going to get like being pissed because like your solo got like uh, a high gold instead of a platinum. 
you're going to forget about it in a year. It means nothing now. Like, looking back, I don't have a single trophy. I don't have a single pin. I don't have a single plaque from competition days. Like, all of that has been in the trash. All I have is the memories. Mm-hmm. But, I like, the adjudication that I got at the end of the day, like, it doesn't mean anything anymore. And the fact that I was literally so distraught over the fact that my solo scored a high gold this time, but the last time it scored a platinum. So, like, my teacher is going to be so pissed at me. Like, why are we getting so pissed off at her students for that? I, like, I was just about to say, there's a time where there's the, oh, she's going to get so mad at me. And then she's like, oh my gosh, no, you did good. But I've seen so many studio owners too say, oh my gosh, what happened out there? Or get a <laughs> passive aggressive comment like, oh, you like, those I've seen that you do better in the, so good. I've seen or you do those, better in the studio. Mm-hmm. Or when they yeah, say that, that oh, that sickle. really kills me. I've seen you do it better in the studio when no one was watching. I was like, oh, my life is over. <laughs> it's just – or to even better is you get off the stage and they have no comment. They oh. don't talk to you. They don't say anything. And that's Oh, yeah, I'm you like, like go up to them to- and they, they like don't give you a hug. They're just like – and they just like walk away. And you're like, oh, I fucked up. My like life is that- over. This is that this is, is where I'm all be all. <laughs> I am very thankful that my dance teacher, no matter what, I love her, Miss Michelle. Even <laughs> if she knew that I fucked up, she still gave me a hug and she said, "No, I've seen you do better, but I'm still proud of you." Here's a hug. I'm like, "Thank you." Oh yeah, don't no, Thank don't you. get me wrong. I definitely had my handful of teachers where I was very close with my my solo senior year. One, it was nationals. Within the first eight count, I like fucked it up. I said shit under my breath on the silent part of the music, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna have to like go up and tell Riz." Like she probably heard. One up right there, I was like, "I messed up that part. I messed up that. I messed up that." And she was like, "Ah, it was totally fine." I was like, "You're lying," but it was great. And like, you know what? You laugh it off. Once again, right. I was towards the end of senior year, I was just like, I couldn't give yeah. two craps, and we're here. But yes, have had those times where you're going to come off and you're scared and it's just okay as studio owners as teachers why are we making our kids like what are we doing how are our behaviors to make our kids literally terrified of us scared of us yeah like because you can still be like a teacher and a mentor to them to the point where like they listen and respect your opinion but without like having that like fear tactic and I feel like that fear tactic kind of like runs very like rampant in like the gymnast like rhythmic gymnast world Mm -hmm. um but that's like a whole like separate entity of itself (laughs) but like it's just like you know like what like what are we doing in this studio that's like creating like instilling this fear in our in the students to be scared that like I messed up something that like was very minuscule and like probably nobody noticed Mm mm-hmm and I'm scared that she's going to be, like, mad at me. And it's, like, she's – like, there's no reason to be mad at someone. Like, it's not like they killed someone. Like, that's a different <laughs> story. Like, she messed up a part. Like, yeah, you could be, like, oh, like, I've seen you do that better. Like, I know that you can do better and I have higher standards because I see the passion in you and I know mm-hmm. that you can do it better. But still being supportive of them, like, yeah, it definitely wasn't your best, but that doesn't mean that next time isn't going to be – like, that means next time's going to be better. Like, we're just going to work on it being better instead of being like, that was terrible and, like, walking away and letting them feel like a piece of shit. And exactly. Eight years old. Think, yeah. In those moments, especially when it's in the competition, you can't do anything to control 
Like at that point, you know what you know and you have the muscle memory that you have. If something messes up, you go back to the studio. And I think in the studio, I'm not saying, oh, we have to be super sweet because obviously there's a time and a place for discipline. And if, you know, you're giving a student a correction and they keep forgetting it, they're not listening it. Okay, that's where you have to like reprimand students. And I think they're like – I remember my teachers that were hard on us and like, okay, as a team, you guys like keep messing this up. You're running laps. Like mm-hmm. we would have that. Or, okay. We have to do push ups because we've made this correction. You guys aren't working as a team. When it's a team thing, yeah. I'm all here for it. You learn the discipline and the accountability. Yes. You hold each other accountable and it's a unit thing when it's pinpointing a certain person or especially when it's pinpointing a certain person out of a group. Yeah that's where we start drawing line. Once again, hold people accountable. Like, Hey, everybody else is doing it. Pick up your part of the team. Great. But it's the, why don't you look like her? No, do more of what so-and-so is doing. Then we start pinpointing what someone's body looks like compared to yours. And it's when the comments pass the, anything not related to the physical dancing that takes it too far. Yeah, I agree. Example being, I remember one competition, we were putting on costumes for a large group, and we had these cute little skirts from Free People. Love. The choreographer looked at all of us and said, we're going to make them high rise so we can cover some of your lower bellies. So it's shit like that. that like, is the comp- is it really that important for competition? And like, you can say that in a different manner say you could just I say high rise looks... skirts would be really cuter i think the high rise skirts yeah, would pull the, the top look of a little the better. high rise looks so good with with everyone yes, like it or, just it fits everyone so well or simply some people are more comfortable in a high rise skirt so i'm going to make it high rise for everybody a different yeah. way to approach it and to word things in a way that looks out because obviously okay people are going to take comments the wrong way it happens yeah. where people, we apologize, we forgive, we move on. But when it's almost like a, what's the word for it? It's, I don't want to say attack, but like when it's intentional, like jab. Yeah. These are your students. They are supposed to be looking up to you, not like dreading you, hating you. I don't want to say the word hate, but like you start saying shit like that and then that's where the fear kicks in. Or this, yeah. I have to live up to so-and-so standards they're not gonna like me the people pleasing the all of it just kicks in Mm -hmm. and then that's where we start to have our negative sides of competition dance because it's constantly trying to like you're never enough like you said there's always a higher standard you need to keep reaching towards and then you'll get there and it's still not enough it's still not enough yeah and like always how it is everyone's experience is different but it seems to be the more conversations I have about it, it's there's a trend that it's just like you said, you get the scholarship. Well, you could have gotten the overall scholarship and you didn't. You only got the one city, not the full year. Work hard mm-hmm. next time. Yeah, and that's not healthy to be instilling into younger kids. No. So the like no. I guess could be here complaining and playing the victim. And I've realized especially now being on the other side of it in the industry, I 100% play the victim for too many times. And like, that's not what should be doing. Like if anything, instead of pointing the finger, it's like, okay, where can you 
be the change or like yes. how can we as dancers right now start to make it a little better so it's like you do get these teaching opportunities be the teacher in the room that's encouraging everybody to like even if it's just starting with okay what's your intention for showing up for class today is it to like please me is it to get called out by me because if so i'm not going to call out groups or yeah is it your, like, is your why because you want to come get a video of class? We're not going to videotape. Like, <laughs> Guess no what? Phones. We're not videotaping class. So no, you're gonna don't come. be expecting exactly. that. <laughs> or like set a goal. What is your goal for the combo? Is it to, you know, focus on your performance? Is it to, you know, try and do things a little more full out today? You know, whatever it is, you're going to work on your textures, your dynamics. You're going to try and get a jump a little higher if it's jazz, whatever. So I think... I think you can kind of step in here, but one thing for me as like a teacher is it's like set that intention and make sure the kids aren't doing it for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. Because I've learned when I start dancing for the wrong reasons is where once again, the I'm not enough. I don't look like her. She's not happy with how I'm dancing kicks in. And then you're just constantly lacking joy when it comes to dance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's I don't. Ugh, there's so much. <laughs> no, there is so much, and kind of going off of that, like I could probably count on like one hand where there were times that I had learned a combo in class, and this was before anyone like would film classes mm-hmm. like with professional cameras. Like sometimes we'd be like at the end of class being like, "Oh, I re- I just really felt that combo. Like I just want to take a video of that, like just to like." You know, I, I don't know why though, because yeah. I never looked at them ever again. So like that was just like a waste of space on my phone. But <laughs> you know, but like I can count like on one hand the number of times that like I was like so into a combo that like I did the entire combination without once looking at myself in the mirror while I danced. Cause like that was a really big thing for me because I'm such a perfectionist. I couldn't get myself out of the mirror. I couldn't get my eyes out of the mirror. Mm-hmm. And there have only been like I literally on one hand the amount of times that I was able to just fully be in the combination that I didn't look at myself in the mirror to know what I looked like I just like danced what felt good and I like that is something that there are people that do that and I look at them and I praise them and I'm like I you hold a skill that is just so beyond so many dancers mm-hmm. and I hope you never lose that because for so many dancers it's so hard to get out of the mirror especially when you're a competition dancer just dancer in general but yeah. definitely competition dancer and having that skill of being able to to dance a combination and never like unless the intention is like you're walking forward so like you kind of have to look at yourself in the mirror yes but like if you're Common just sense. dancing and like using your head using your entire body there's never a moment where you need to be like staring at like what the movements that you're doing because it like breaks off the line and i never understood that until i basically got to college yeah but like you know i always envy those dancers that i see that are just so in it without having to like know what they look like they, they just feel it and i'm like oh to yeah that is such a, a skill on almost that. to be so out of touch with everything else that's happening in the room to get that right. lost and just not i don't like, want to say they are care, truly I've never been there but yeah they're truly just like they're actually living like what the definition of like i love dance is and like why do you love dance so much because it makes me it makes me escape 
that is exactly like mm-hmm. what it is. Like they are just fully escaping whatever is going on in their life at that moment. Mm-hmm. The minute they walk into that studio and they're doing the combination, like everything in their world like doesn't matter. And they are just like in that moment. It's like it's so I can picture it. It's that dancer that's in the back of the room going so full out, so in their space mm-hmm. in their corner. Like I love the back corner dancers. I love the back corner dancers. Detached from the rest of the classroom. Like it's just them and the teacher in the room. Mm -hmm. And they're just killing it. And they're making their own personal choices too. Like that's That's always been so hard for me. (laughs) Like I'm over here like, oh, she said she wants a straight leg fan kick. Oh, I'm doing a straight leg fan kick with arms exactly what she wants. Mm -hmm. But most of the time nowadays, unless they like – Unless it's like a specific like jazz audition for yeah, I was about stuff. to say there's gonna when it's like an audition for something mm-hmm. and they like need it specific like yes but like when you're just like taking class like that's time for you to like explore movement and make it your own without changing and the that, choreography without changing changing the choreography and that has been <laughs> so hard for me so when I see people doing that I'm like I get like mad but like at myself I'm like oh wow like that's so good like why didn't I think about like why can't I do that oh wow she made such a good choice right there like she did the choreography but like the way that she did it was just so oh but you think about it we spent so many years making sure that my body looks like every single person's in the room so it's like being like yes it's so hard it's so hard yeah because you're like even whether you were like ballerina or hip-hop or like Still, I'm like, okay, where where are my shoulders? My shoulder leaning the right direction. Like, am I hunched over the same amount? Like, where are my feet? Are they like slightly pointed diagonal? No, they be forward. Or everything's to a T. That perfectionism. It's like, okay, let go a little bit. You're you're still clean, but you can add another layer in a little bit. Yeah, I'm still (laughs) working on that. But anyways, (laughs) no. But I heard someone say that dance is literally another form of meditation because when you think about it, you have to. Your brain is trying to focus on what the choreography is doing. You're trying to learn it. You're trying to pick it up. Then you're trying to see how you can apply your technique to it, how you can apply different textures, dynamics that you literally don't have the mental capacity to be thinking about anything else. Yeah. And then fully like in that class. Yes. Yes. So then it is in those classes where if you can't focus and I've there, I full disclosure, I've gone to dance classes some days and I'm like, I shouldn't have come because my brain is everywhere else, but this class yeah. right now. And that yeah. kind of takes it back to the, why are you showing up? Once again, full disclosure, we talked about it earlier. I'd be lying if I said I haven't gone to classes because I needed more footage for a reel. Mm-hmm. And not proud of it, but we learn from it. And it's, you know, it's the way the industry is. So it's hard to not get caught up in that. But I think it's, once again, coming back to the why are you doing it? Right. And, you know, do it f- i'm almost like do it for your younger self that didn't because you were so caught up dancing for other people and dancing for that acknowledgement that award that scholarship that you know we can take advantage of having the freedom to dance for us now as older dancers and dancers that are listening so it's almost dance for yourself so you can be that example for the younger dancers okay that's a snaps and class Amen. moment just- yeah it was a snaps and class moment. i feel like you just like you you drop the ball. You drop the mic. I think there. I feel like that was like a really good way to put it for everyone out there. Yeah, it's yeah. just 
coming off the week and I'm like, okay, I just want to talk about it. Because I feel like for so long I've bitched about competition dance from the dancer perspective. Like, oh, it's left me so much trauma and so much shit. And it's the reason that I hated my body. It's the reason I didn't like food. But it's it's not – like, we can't do anything. We did our best with the knowledge we knew at that time. And I think a Mm -hmm. lot of dancers can also take this into account that instead of playing the victim all the time instead of trying to find someone or something to point the finger at it's like okay we're older now and we're in that spot and that place of authority where we can start making change and it you know for us it's like okay let's change the competition dance world a little bit let's make it a little you know it's intense it's growing but how can we look after the mental health or make sure that dancers are you know keeping the intention of dance which is to find joy to escape the real world you know to create art or to reform or to still have fun doing what you do so it's as you know people our age start to step into the industry be that example so that a dancer can see like oh she just loves dance and she's doing it to dance and maybe she's not posting on social media all the time that's fine she's working she's out there she's teaching she's training she's making time for things in life that are not just dance and that's one thing. If I could like take full control of all the dancers right now, it's don't divide, don't don't devote your life to just one thing. Yes, because living for dance is not fulfilling. No, and you also can't live for dance your entire life because no. as a dancer, like your time is limited. Like you can't dance forever. Like your body is gonna have to stop you at some point. So like. Yeah. It's a very limited time. So just in, enjoy that and know that it's going to come to an end at some at some point in your life. You're not going to be able to, like, be the dancer. Like, you can be the dance educator. But there's going to come a time where, like, you're not going to be able to, to be the dancer anymore. So really just, like, keep enjoying, like, the, the stuff that you're doing. Do it for yourself. Don't do it for anyone else because, like, you're not going to be able to do it forever no and it's you can always be involved in dance but you like you said you can't always be the one physically doing it so that's why it's good to seek things outside of it yes live for things that are not you can be the most diehard dancer in the world but if that's all you have it's gonna leave you feeling dull and dry at some point Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of, you know, showing dancers now, like, look at the balance you could have. You can still be a super strong technician, but also, you know, like we've talked about this before, be social, be, have friends, you know, have other interests, have other hobbies, pursue other arts and other, you know, creative endeavors, do projects, be a freaking kid, you know, Take a step away from social media. You don't have to be watching dance when you're not in dance. Go watch something else. Go, I don't know. Brain's starting to get a little clogged up, but <laughs> maybe we should jump into our favorite comp. Not not necessarily like they are actually our favorite trends, but just oh, things please. that <laughs> things that um let's reminisce have happened in competition dance that we just look at and we're like that was such a fever dream like I can't believe like that was like a thing like we just we don't even need to dive into it we could just like say the point and just be like noted that happened I can't believe it happened (laughs) rhinestone chokers rhinestone earrings matching rhinestone hairpiece with fake hair clip no the fake hair clip the curly one Yes. The curly one, guys. The one that hurt so bad. Felt like my mom was <laughs> digging into my brain. High pony. 
fake hair. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. nine, not even like a fifties. Poof. Mm-hmm. Looks yeah. like a horse tail. Oh no 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 no. <laughs> It was so bad, guys. I also was like, I was the rhinestone choker, like in every single dance. Oh my god, <gasps> guys, what was that? No, wait, wait. You know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about the bump, <gasps> the poof, the poof, the poof, the poof. I, guys, I did a poof. My studio in Chicago. We did a poof that went into three French braids on the side into a huge ass ponytail, which, mind you, didn't have the hair extension. So my hair ponytail was probably like. <laughs> a third of my hair now because it was so dead and so shredded from teasing it every <laughs> we you, you know what I'm thinking about? thinking about the sock bun now too the sock bun with the braid around it, like on the top of the head like it wasn't even like back at like the crowd it was literally like up here guys okay I will say I was not a I was not that person because I when never that started being when the sock bun became a thing, I was becoming hip hop Riley. So mm, she was like, Ew, okay. that's gross. Yeah, no, you you definitely did not miss out on that, like for sure. I never did it, but I have <laughs> friends who were very loyal to the sock bun with the braid around it. And it wasn't like back here. Like I'm like, talking it was like crown. It was head. right up here. Like she was slicked back. Like mm-hmm. I'm like you could probably like knock on it was like a helmet like that's how slicked it was sock bun braid around it like i'm like do you have a headache like are we are you okay do you feel like everything's like no literally the sock bun with the braid around it that's Um, that's the one for me i did the mohawk the bun mohawk (gasps) oh no because you were in the hip-hop era it wasn't i want to say hip-hop era but like we would wear this for like it was literally our studio's competition hair for the entire season lyrical dance jazz dance musical theater hip-hop didn't matter we didn't change one bun or one ponytail one ponytail one ponytail tease the fucking shit out of it mohawk that's that's awful no 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 that's when i yeah that's why i'm not growing my hair out long anymore because it's it gets destroyed as soon as it gets that length um tan tights in the convention in studios tan tights black jazz shoes convention oh, yep i was just about to say the black jazz shoes with the tan yeah. tights that's the one for me mm-hmm. there's just nothing else that needs to be said a tan and i you know what i'm gonna have to live that this year because the jazz the not the jazz the tap shoes at the studio i teach at are black mm. and they're like five years old like they're not gonna be wearing no fishnets so it's gonna be a black tap shoe with a tan tight i mean for the babies whatever get over it it's okay i'm when you're 12 internally cringing still a little bit but i have to move on from it because like they're child they're so such small children like i'm not gonna make them buy tan tap shoes like Mm -hmm. it's okay this is like the one class a week they come to Mm mm-hmm I'm internally cringing, but I'm letting it happen. But just know that I'm over here like the tan with the black shoe. It is for my hip hoppers, <clears throat> the booty shorts with the flannel tied around your waist and then the high top converse. 
yeah that was me yeah that was me trying to be a hip-hop girly at conventions and it would I would only like I'd go to a convention every other class like I'd be in like my booty shorts and sports bra like whatever with my number on the sports bra the minute the the hip-hop class started the flannel was around the waist like I had to look the part just for the one class one class that was it I swear the flannel came off Probably from like 2008 to 2011, the dance industry kept flannels in business. Oh, 100%. Every single hip hop dance used a flannel. The black and white checker one? Yep. Yep. I had like with, five of them. With the snapback. Oh, see, we I didn't have the snapback. Oh, we Thank wore like God. the snapback. No, we did the bandana. Bill. We did the bandana. We, we tied the you bandana cool. around our head. Yeah, we did the bandana, the black bandana. I with did the braids. Okay, yes, so you, you like, roll it up it? and then you put it like the the mm-hmm. the we can do this girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With what the else? flannel. The nappy tabs, diaper pants. Oh, I hated those. I never oh, jumped on I that trend. I loved them. I hated those because I don't know. They just made me feel um weird. Yeah. <laughs> very weird. I I couldn't hop on that at all, actually. I had the pink and then white cheetah ones, and then I also had no, the camo no. ones. Yes, where it's like pink, and then you open up the diaper butt, and it was like the white and black cheetah. <laughs> I also had the black bandana print, and then like the brown and like army green. Oh my god, camo I'm obsessed pair. with that. I'm obsessed. I still wish I had them low key. I feel like I could bring them back. <clears throat> did you guys? Did you ever wear sugar lips? Do you know what that is? No, they're like it's like a tank top. Maybe, like, it, there's, like, a different name for it, but, like, we called them sugar lips. Sugar it's literally lips? just, like, a like a nylon, seamless tank top, basically. And they just had so many different colors. Like, just a bajillion different colors. And, like, me and all the girls at my studio were just obsessed with sugar lips. And we would wear them like no one's business. Why can't I find these? Sugar lips. They might tank not tops. be called sugar lips. Sugarlips.com? But... Nope, that's not it. That is like yeah. a <laughs> Shein. Okay. Well, I trust you. I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe I'm uneducated. They're just a okay. seamless white tank top. Oh, that's literally it? Like the Justice ones? Like a t- seamless tank. What? You call that a sugar lips? Oh, wait. What the hell is going on? It's literally the name of the website, too. Oh, wait. That's what I'm on. Yeah. It's just like a a scoop neck. This? I thought this looked like a sheet. Oh, okay. We were obsessed with them. Like, just like basic. Every, sing- every color they had, we had. And we wore them with our booty shorts and our foot undies with the rhinestones uh, on them. You had rhinestones on your foot undies? Oh, I had every shade of foot undie. I had the cheetah print one. I had the leopard pink one. I had the nude one. I had the black one. I had the ones with the rhinestones on them. No, I had every single foot undie. And not the foot paw. Not to be confused with the No, foot I was about paw. to say, we're talking about the one with the holes <clears throat> where your toes go through them. No, those are foot paws. Oh. Foot undies. Or like the half I soul. guess it'd be half sole. No, no, those those are half half. We called them half ballets. I'm gonna find you. Okay, wait. I'm, I'm so confused. Hold so on. I'm people... gonna find you the foot undie. Okay. While she finds that, 
people listening, what I'm thinking, like the toe undies is what I'm, maybe that's what I called them. Like literally maybe what you, you had, it was those. just went around the ball of your foot and all five of your toes peeked out. Oh, Didn't see, cover- we called them foot paws. Those were foot paws Okay, for to us. me, a foot paw would be the half sole where it's just like, oh my God. This, this is a foot. <sighs> that is a foot undie, everyone. That is a foot undie and I had them in every color They made colors? Oh, they had cheetah print. They had black with rhinestones. They had leopard print with the, the, all of it. And I was like on that like swimwear. Like I was like, I need them in every color until I would wear them out. And like the little ball of it would be like hanging yeah. on by a thread. Oh, it was tragic. Oh, I was obsessed. And then I moved on to foot paws, which is the one that you were talking about that has like your toe goes in like each little hole. I like those better than foot undies, but. Wait, what is that? I'm thinking I, – I don't know what that half paw that your toes thinking, go into. You're I'm thinking, thinking half of this one. No, I'm not. Oh, you're thinking of a half ballet. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, you call them half ballets. The one where it's like literally the like front half of a jazz shoe and then you have a strap that goes around your Achilles. Yes. This one. That yeah. – For our listeners and viewers that are confused. Okay, yeah. See, that's what I'm thinking of. Wait, did like- you ever take – that underneath strap and put it around the other way instead of wear it behind your Achilles. No, because my studio oh. did. We would like take that part and we would like strap like strap it like over. Like you know when you have Crocs and you like put them in sport mode behind you, but then you have them like <laughs> over on the other way. Like that would we'd, we'd put them like over the other way. I don't know what that ever did, but, but yeah, I was a I was a um, wow leather half ballet girly. Um. To a point where I would only wear one of them. Oh, I was about to say the one. The one shoe. That- so that way you let every single person know what foot, what side you would be turning on. And you, my my dance teacher would literally get on us so badly. Well, this was after I changed studios. But he was like, I hate when dancers wear one shoe. Because when I'm judging, I immediately know they're not going to do a single turn on the other side. So I immediately mark down points on them. He's like, they walk on stage and I'm already putting their technical score down lower because I know they're only going to be doing turns to the right side and never do a single turn to the left. Like, that's savage, but also true. He's like, you should always be wearing two shoes. I'm like, you're right. So they never know what's coming. Exactly. You could never do a turn to the left, but they don't, they're not going to know that. They'll be like, oh, I didn't pay attention. Didn't realize. But if you come on with one, the best is when someone runs off stage to put the half soul, half paw, half ballet on, come out, do the turn section, then runs off and takes it off because it's a barefoot piece. <gasps> no. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yes. No. You just I've run really off stage about to put that, the soul on. I haven't on. seen that. No. So you don't turn barefoot because you can't turn barefoot. So you run off, put the shoe, they'll put the one shoe on. So it's clearly not a spool. And then you come back on. Because if anything, I'd rather see someone run on stage and be like, oh shit, that one dancer's in shoes and everyone's barefoot. Maybe they just have like a foot thing. But you come on to put one shoe on and you run off stage. Oh, like in a group dance? Yes, in a group dance. <gasps> I think I have seen that before actually. Yeah. And like it's the, the, so the girl tragic. That's gonna, yeah, the girl that's going to do the turn solo runs off, puts the shoe on, comes back on, does the turns, runs off, takes the shoe off so she's barefoot like everybody else. I have no <laughs> words for that. I yeah. genuinely have no words for that. No. No. <gasps> oh, guys, what were we thinking? Yeah. What, what's going on in the choreographer's head? Oh, no. I can't wait to like I'm look scared. back and see what trends people like don't like now. Like the big bows, the bow era. 
the, that the was... Leo, just the straight Leo, nothing else on the straight mm-hmm. Leo. Mm-hmm. That one. Um, I'm trying to think like what else was like super. I was genuinely confused, but it was such a big thing. I mean, just the amount of kids that are in like a sports bra and booty shorts at the age of four now is kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom makes like custom dance competition costumes, like for solos and duets and trios and all this stuff. They're beautiful now. They're stunning. I love them. They're beautiful. And my mom, like, she does an amazing job, but sometimes she tells tells me like how old the person is that's going to be wearing that. And I'm like, concerning. Like, mm. She's in okay. kindergarten, and she's wearing a bra top. Okay. Much more revealing than mine. Right. I'm like, <laughs> that's just a singular piece of mesh with, like, some fabric over the titties. <laughs> okay. Like, literally just, like, a circle over the, the titties. But the rest of it is mesh. I'm like, mm. So we're just covering the nipple, because she obviously doesn't have any boobs. Yeah. Just, like, the circle over the nipple. Mesh. Got it. Got yeah. It. I mean, meanwhile, we'd be pulling our costumes from Dance Dance Magazine. Oh, yeah. And I'm over there. I'm like, the dance, I'm like, dance for solutions. I'm like, oh my God. I but a lot yeah. of people had like the triple threat ones, which were like the very controversial ones. But now they're like not that big of a uh, costume provider. But no. like, some and of then you show just... up to a competition wearing the same costume as someone else and you're like, ooh, this is awkward. Oh, God. <laughs> or when you're like, in the audience and then you hear someone using the same song that you have and then you immediately like have beef with them like you're like yeah so you're like that's song. my song i'm like y'all it belongs to chris brown you're like, that's my song my solo song <laughs> <laughs> well if you had skinny love what about angels little party never killed nobody what else oh no oh we don't eat till father's at the table kiss kiss um circus Cir- I, uh, yep. Circus, I, every single. Um, I had circus and it's embedded uh, in my brain. production number was circus and the theme was circus. Yes, so, I, yeah. I was said studio with the extravagant prop. Extravagant. There you go. Like the contortionist it's, it's box. Always the- Oh, this, you know what? This is the one for me. When uh, they announce, like, the number that's going on and it's a production number and it takes 10 minutes to set up the set mm-hmm. it's not even like a prop it is a full-on set like it, there is stairs there's a slide there's like mm-hmm. things all over the stage i'm like okay do we have a time limit for how long they're allowed to set up this prop yes. for because i'm sorry this isn't even a prop at this point this is a whole set like yes, I'm, it's a new I'm stage confused. no literally but i also my studio at one point was the studio that had to go last before awards because we had one year, our number, we were um, the dead people in the water from the Titanic. It was a fierce number. It was called Souls Souls of the Sea. It was great. Loved it. It was a really good number. If you ever want to look it up, <laughs> Souls of the Sea, real dance. Not the <laughs> it was really good. It was by Casey Castellano. Love her. Um, I can't. But we had to dunk our heads. Like our hair had to be sopping wet with water right before we went on stage so we'd be like we had buckets backstage so we had to be the last one because the stage would be like soaked oh my god it was very scary like there were moments where i did slip on the stage in but you know we were supposed to be like dead people so like the slip was like it kind of like made the choreography 
oh sorry my siri my apple watch was confused um uh, but so yeah am I. so yeah i mean it was really you, you'll understand if you like see the video of it but we were the dead well, people in the water from the it. titanic and so our hair had to be sopping wet and like we had like we like put like white foundation over our face to not like white white but like white like cast to like make it look like we were like and we put like blue underneath our eyes and blue on our lips to make it look like we were literally like the dead people in the water and we we had these like colonial style dresses that we like ripped up to it i mean it was fierce like we were fully invested in it it was a great piece it was honestly a really good piece so that was one time and then my senior year our senior small group we were scarecrows <laughs> and it was the dance was like called fragile or something like that and we were scarecrows and we had hay all over like straw all uh, over the stage and like stuffed in our like overalls. Uh, so there was straw all over the fucking stage. So we were like the people that had to go last because they were like, okay, we got a cleanup crew coming in afterwards. For those not watching, my jaw has been dropped for the last three minutes. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck? Like, and we're gonna end on the note the extravagant themes. Of competition dance. <laughs> it's just like the pe- the things that people come up with. I'm like, how did you think of that? Like, that was just genius. I'm like, kudos for so creativity, good. but also it's not a competition to see who can come up with the most complex, <laughs> crazy ass, nightmare of a dream idea. Sometimes less is more. And I'm yeah. hoping, I, th- I don't know. I'm like, maybe we're walking away from that, but... I honestly think we are. I haven't seen too many extravagant things as of lately, so. I feel like now the productions are just like, how many dancers can we fit on stage so there's literally no room for props? <laughs> well, I'll let you know this year because I will be going to competitions <laughs> with the competition studio that I um, assist at. Yeah. So, I, and they are a studio that they have a very extravagant production where they- Like I said, I think it's, it's probably just it, a competition dance thing. It is. But and I don't also, think we're getting away from it. It's so angsty. Yeah. But I'll like, let you know what I see this year. And you can let me know what you see this year, too, yeah, while you're traveling. we'll touch back. We'll touch base again. Yeah. We'll, we'll do, like, a reconvene at the end of competition season and be like, so we're going to continue. This is what we saw this year. Okay. I like that idea. <laughs> like, this is what kind of unraveled itself. Like Now oh, that we've spent some time away from competition, we're back in the competition scene. Yeah. This is what it's looking like now because, honestly, I haven't been to a competition in probably, like, three years. So here we go. Um, can't wait to see it. This is the episode that's starting it all. <laughs> we'll touch base in a couple of months and let you know how everything went. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Made to the end. We love you. Thanks for supporting the podcast. Share with one friend so we can double in size. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, a Dancer's Choice Podcast, TikTok, a Dancer's Choice Pod. If we don't post, it's because we're burnt out with social media and need to take a step away. All that matters is that you listen. Gracious. All that matters is that you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts right now. So. Exactly. Alrighty. Happy Thursday or whatever day of the week it is for you, and we will see you next week. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>